Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, look forward to the challenge of playing Cincinnati. We know they're a heck of a football team. Um, and we'll start today getting, getting ready for them. So it'll be good to get, get on the practice field. By that time, you're Over the course of all lives, I imagine everybody runs into some harsh realities. For a lot of us, presumably a lot of you listening to this podcast, you grew up playing sports and eventually either someone told you or you figured out for yourself that that was the highest level you're going to continue playing sports at. We all dealt with that. Most people listening to this show probably not uh, retiring at the end of long NFL seasons, but if any of you are, hey, appreciate the list. That's not what happened to me today. What happened to me today was a different type of harsh reality. What I realized today is that if I was a member of the Kelsey family, not only would I clearly be the worst football player of the bunch, I wouldn't even be one of the two best podcasters in the Kelsey family. And that was a realization that hit me today like a ton of bricks. And I'm not really sure what I do from here. I don't know how I recover from that, but I don't think I'm reaching new heights. I think I'm reaching the same heights. And that we've been surpassed, at least I've been surpassed, by the Kelseys. Seth Kaiser is so beside himself that he couldn't even bring himself to do this podcast today. Uh, he's out. Nate Taylor, Joshua Briscoe, the two with you here. Nate, um, I, I have to imagine you had a, a similar experience. Well, I got like at least a little bit annoyed at how good the Kelsey brothers are at doing a podcast. Which isn't right. just like they're right. famous and we know who they are and they got Patrick Mahomes on the show. Mm-hmm. They're just really good at having a conversation with a friend of theirs in this case being Patrick Mahomes yeah it's um it's very well done um I've had a plenty of conversations with Travis so it doesn't shock me I don't um have a relationship obviously with with Jason but my goodness guys it's it's so good it's it's um it's just enough inside football mm-hmm. while also um, going through situations that are relatable, even if you're not a uh, Hall of Fame football player like these two. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, why don't we just get the two MVP candidates for, you know, an hour um, yeah. each just talking about, you know, bald and life and uh, fun memories. And hey, uh, hey, Pat, give us every great story you haven't told anybody. And I mean, just yeah, it's um, it's a lot, you know. And uh, I know Seth's on vacation right now. Um, and I'll just have to say that that um, you know, this is this is quite something. Um, <laughs> I. The joke that I have, and I know that like Travis will appreciate it. Um, but part of me, and I've said this to some other people, part of me wants to be like, "Hey, man, this used to be us, baby. This used to, 
this used to be us. You used to, you used to, you know, it's just, it's funny. Like you see athletes at a certain point um, where you're like, Hey man, you should like, I don't know if you want to be on like a studio show, but like you should Mm -hmm. do something. (laughs) Yeah. And they've done it now. You know, dude, I'm so glad you said the studio show thing. This yeah, like, is sort know, of inside if, media. Yeah, like, I, like Tony Gonzalez is, I think, better than people realize because, like, studio I, shows are very um, straight jackets. Um, yes. But yes, and and I think he realized that, like, being on Amazon lets him have a little bit more of a fluidity to it because uh, right. I've really enjoyed what they've done. Shout out to them; they have a real game this week. Oh. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, but there's been times like years ago or just like any time I've talked with Travis where I'm like, uh, you should do something. <laughs> but I don't know what that, I didn't know what it was. And to have Jason and him yes. um, be with one another, obviously we're going to get to the, the, the story of the week here. But uh, but yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, if, if, if Travis is calling you right now to ask, like, you to be the next guest, you should take the call. I won't, I won't be offended. Um, but I'm these, so glad you mentioned These poor the Apple show. phones. My phone is on, or these poor Apple products. My phone's on silent. But the laptop's like, I mean, the sound's gotta be uh. on. You're doing a podcast. <laughs> um, I, I hate to inform you that it, it, it wasn't Travis. Uh, oh, well, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but I, I, I assume he's looking at film right now. That would make, uh, Josh, that'd make uh, a lot of sense. You know. Some post practice like, look at some situational stuff with the Bengals. This is this is sort of inside media, but like we anybody who's ever listened to us talk, especially like out of NFL season, the amount of time we've spent talking about Manning cast sort of things and all of that. I obviously I find that terribly interesting. I hope some people listening to this do as well. But Travis Kelsey's talents and Jason's as well would be totally useless for the forty five <laughs> seconds of talking time they would get on a studio show. Not not necessarily like a talk show that could make some sense, but like the halftime show, post game show, the Tony Gonzalez track. Like you said, it it's more straight jackets than suit jackets, and, yep. it, and it is both. This is great, and and to have both of them be good enough at the hosting side of things that it can just be two brothers who know everything about each other and can bleep around. But also, I bet they know we're not to bleep around with each other, which is you know an important part of it all. Mm-hmm. And there's just. You know, I being being um, literal brothers probably good for your chemistry, and then they just already have the the personalities they do. They found a good format for it. All the production's good. It uh, it's just it's just really good stuff. That again, um, we ended last week's show and now start this week's show with the promotion of a different podcast. But I mean, if you're listening to this show, I think the odds of you checking out the Kelseys plus Patrick Mahomes is pretty high. And Nate, if it wasn't something people were going to listen to before. I bet they will want to after we dig into some of the things that came up in that episode. I am not going to recount the story of how those two uh, began their bromance, as Jason Kelsey put it. I had never heard that story. I bet nobody had. Nope, that one was had, wild. Had, hadn't heard that one. That was, uh, I'll tell you what, did you did you know at any, in any way whatsoever that Patrick Mahomes had been fined by the Chiefs at any point? Because I sure as bleep would have would have taken the under. Um. Shout out to Todd C. Barton. Yeah, shout um, out to Todd. Who, who says, uh, hearing Patrick Mahomes' episode on New Heights put Troy Aikman and Michael Irving on his Mount Rushmore <laughs> of quarterback wide receivers, Chef Kiss. 
I had uh, to rewind it to double check that, that is what he said. I, I, I salute you, Todd. Oh, because, <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Um, look, um, they do have a bromance. Uh, I've obviously written about this before. They have structured their contracts basically to be together, which I think is um, pretty honorable or noteworthy. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, you know, Chiefs fans can um, obviously uh, appreciate that. There's a... Um, <clears throat> you know, we talked about this pre-show. I'm just going to say it, Josh. Oh, okay. All right. All okay. right. All right. All right. I'm going I'm to try to do this as best I can. You know, uh, they did this with Jalen Hurts, which was also an interesting story. But hey, like, how did you get drafted? Like, how did it all play out? Like, did it go the way you thought it would? Um, any stories that may have not been told, um, you know, Patrick talked about Brett Veach sending, um, Chris Cabot, the, the, basically the, the Texas tech, uh, logo or whatever, basically confirming that, yes, we are moving up to go get you. Uh, the second story on the top 30 visit, uh, before the draft where this was the day that like fully convinced, um, Andy Reid that like they can move forward now in trying their uh, covert mission to get Mahomes, and this has obviously been written in the Athletic before with me and Mike Sando and Jason Jinks and Russell Dodd. But like the idea was, um, I just can't believe that <laughs> you you want to tell the part about Matt Nagy, which I hadn't heard, but makes a lot of yeah. sense, and I'll explain why in a minute. So the the story that has made the most of the rounds from Mahomes again, lots of good stuff in the pod, but the uh, the real headline maker is that uh, Patrick Mahomes said that leading up to the top thirty visit, where he hung out with with Andy Reid, drawn on a whiteboard for five hours, went and got a couple of cheeseburgers, went back and did did some more of the uh, the whiteboard tracking, where the Chiefs have talked about on multiple occasions that being like a turning point of who what, who this guy was. Yep. Patrick Mahomes said that Matt Nagy, the night before, gave him all the plays and all the checks that they were, I think he said all the, the plays and the checks that that they were going to be going through over the course of their meeting the next day. Right. So Mahomes says he stayed up all night studying it, and so he looked like a genius the next day when he <laughs> knew everything they were running. Mahomes told this completely not tongue-in-cheek. Like, this is just him saying what's happening. Never heard that story before, obviously. Today, Matt Nagy has uh, he, he speaks at pressers because Chiefs are doing assistant coaches. He was asked I mean, about per- it a ton. Perfect, perfect timing because the way it works is um, the public relations staff tells us, "Hey, we, you can't interview every assistant coach." <laughs> Although I'd love to, um, yeah. but they they have a we have a meeting between reporters and public relations staff, and you basically bring out four assistants alongside the coordinators. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's Tobe. And, and Tobe's kind of like that Joker. Like he can he can stay up that week, or we can <laughs> sub him out with another and, assistant. Uh, and this week you didn't you didn't tell him to go ahead and take this one off this week. You guys you had some special teams questions you wanted to ask him about. Kind of on the hot seat. So yeah, let's let's right. let's keep Tobe on the on yeah. the podium this week. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that means we had what three assists, three other three or four other assistants today. We have to decide. Yeah. And this is like week. This is like a week out or whatever, just for their schedules and ours. Um, I know this is inside journalism and inside how the sausage is made, but basically, we picked uh, Matt Nagy because he coaches Patrick Mahomes, like, mm-hmm. and you know, former head coach. Uh, can clearly, you know, um, like just 
field questions and give you useful things yes. in return, yes. right? Yes, thank you, thank you. Like, basically, like, Matt Nagy was the lead of Wednesday's story that I wrote in The Athletic about Patrick um, and his ability to still be excellent outside the pocket and the idea that the quarterback has to coach more about the quarterback in the pocket than out of the pocket, which is insane to me. Um, but... You know, it's like, yeah, we'll we'll take him. We'll take Joe Blaymeyer because I got all these new receivers, of course. Hey, Joe Cullen, like he's getting a lot of love. You might read that later on in The Athletic because, uh, hey, they have more sacks than they had all season, um, which is hilarious. And, hey, you know, it's, it's just, hey, we didn't tell New Heights when they dropped this episode, even though they recorded it like the day after, like the Tuesday, I believe. After they beat, after the Chiefs beat the Chargers, but hey, I didn't tell them when to drop it. Oh, that had been in the can for a week. Yes, I think they recorded oh, it on that. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, they definitely were putting out teasers and stuff on Monday yes. or Tuesday this yeah. week. So I thought it was weird that they got it done so quick. Okay, very. Yes, good. I think they record. My memory's correct. I think they recorded it on Tuesday, and so it came out this week. Um, I didn't tell them when to drop it, Matt Nagy. I'm sorry, but sometimes life comes down to timing. I uh, I don't know how much more you want to dig in on any of this, how much you want to leave there. I will just say that from from my vantage point back at the uh, at the 810 studios, I couldn't see Matt Nagy and, and since it, it sounded like um, maybe he, he had a relatively uh, smiley disposition throughout all of this. Mm-hmm. But Matt Nagy sounded wildly uncomfortable with that line of questioning. He was very he didn't want to answer any yes or no question. I think the most concrete thing we got was like the third follow-up somebody asked like so did you get him the plays early and i think his answer was like yeah we might have or something like like it was really really a weird press conference for someone who's not to the point we just made Ben Nagy's not uncomfortable at a podium right um there was just a very strange energy around all of that today man and it was weirdly again you just you let me know how much more you want to dig into this and how much you want to eject now because it wasn't even necessarily the weirdest energy thing of this week for the Chiefs, right. which is unreal. So yeah, give me what you got, and then I'll then we can talk about we can talk about notorious Chief. trash talker Justin <laughs> Reed. <laughs> okay, um, two two more things. It's the checks that I think are the issue. Yeah. Um, because okay, what I Andy, love this. because what Andy I think would do with anybody, whether it's a running back or a tight end or you know a receiver like. They adjust so much pre-snap and post-snap that the checks are kind of important, kids. Um, yeah. So if he under so if Patrick understands the checks the way he uh you know described it as such on the podcast, then like you know Andy's like, well, what about this? What about that? What if the defense did this? You know, like he's trying to really see how much he can process. Um, you know, from a quick standpoint, is he a quick study? Can he master things? you know, faster than the average human. Cause like I need my quarterback to be super cerebral. Um, and we're trying to replace Alex Smith, who is like one of the most cerebral quarterbacks of his era. So, you know, I don't want to lose that part while also trying to gain maybe increased athleticism, arm strength, accuracy, like just the physical nature of it all. So if he knows all the checks and he flies through them, uh, I can see why he gave Brett Beach a thumbs up that day. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a Chiefs fan listening to this, this is all comedy and another blip in the story of how Patrick Mahomes got to Kansas City. Yes. And it literally wouldn't matter. (laughs) 
Matt Nagy could have given him just like, I don't know, a backpack full of cash, which I don't know what that would have accomplished in a draft. But I mean, I'm, I'm literally saying Matt Nagy could have done pretty much anything. He could have he could have given him the Chiefs literal actual playbook, which would have been a real be- breach of confidence. But he yeah, could have so given they, the real right, thousand they, plays to Mahomes. And we we all here would think, good, glad, glad it happened this way. This is a good thing. Yeah, I, I mean, this I is, do very much wonder if Andy Reid's attitude will be quite the same whenever he talks on Friday. Look, this got some real mafioso type of feel to it in to some degree. But like, yeah. they don't give you the whole playbook, obviously. They just give you like a certain right. segment of plays, but like enough to where you can create a real defensive game plan to sort of counteract it. Um, so that's what sort of the test is um, from like a short and simple standpoint. The second thing is. Um, Josh. Yeah. Uh, who did you? If Brett Veach was the general manager, then he was not at the time. Um, right. but he said, on, he said on record, um, where would he have taken Patrick if he was if he if he had the if he if he had all if he had any pick in the draft? Where would he take Patrick? I You're, I believe he said uh, that he was the best player in the draft. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. If that was the exact quote. Yep. Said he would have taken him number one if if yeah. if given the the ability to to select from that from that position. Um, would have been right. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for making that. Uh, th- yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that was a, that was a perfectly succinct uh, bonus. <sighs> All I'm saying, y'all, is. We've all been there. We've all been in the office. We've all been in a certain situation. How do we put ourselves in the best position to get the outcome that we are <laughs> trying to uh, achieve or obtain? Yeah. And sometimes uh, you trust people to make such a thing possible. And Matt Nagy, it appears... Um, was a conduit, a, a instrument towards uh, the ultimate goal. Right now, the ultimate goal they accomplished, it was, I would argue, even better than you could have ever expected. Mm-hmm. And now here we are, years after that happens and comes and goes. We're finding out about it because Patrick Mahomes is a guest on the podcast hosted by Jason and Travis Kelsey. Because I, because I, I've told this man you should you should do something <laughs> they ought to give you a cut the very at the very least maybe you know what as long as Andy Reid doesn't hear this and then blame you on Friday no, for everything no time. no 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 I mean obviously Travis <laughs> Kelsey has like you know um more more important people to to obviously suggest such a thing to him but yeah just wildly fascinating um Incredible. because you think you know about the draft process and then you can mm-hmm. always dive a little bit deeper into like what it takes to just get one player, let alone all the other ones that you need to be a successful NFL team. No kidding. Um, so with with that being said, that's a, a relatively long conversation about something that isn't about the Bengals, but it was wild. And I imagine that everybody who has followed along the story today has been very interested in all of it. And I think you just added a bunch of new, new stuff. But here's the crazy thing, as I I mentioned earlier. I'm not sure that's the wildest, just sort of weird thing to happen around the Chiefs this week. One of them is very much related to the Bengals. 
Uh, first and foremost, shout out to PJ Green at PJ Green TV, Fox 4 here in Kansas City. Yep. He tweeted out a video clip yesterday mm-hmm. of, uh, of of Justin Reed. I'm guessing he he's probably the one shooting it. I think it sounded like Harold over off to the side. So I'm not, I'm, you know, Fox now, 4 crew, all of that. Yeah, yeah, the Fox 4 crew. Shout out to Harold. Shout out to PJ. Now, PJ's the one that asked the question directly while holding the camera. So this is a trifecta for PJ. Okay, so this wow, this is incredible. Okay, so so PJ PJ gets the um he hits for the cycle here. And and he asks about about the Bengals and Justin Reed as far as I can tell pretty much by his own accord goes through and he he has to kind of pinpoint the the name cuz they're going off numbers and all that. I don't think that's a big deal. But but he he goes 88 which is Hayden Hurst, and then he eventually says Higgins, it's Hurst, and you know they, he said Higby first. A lot of names that they're using. Them. There's so many yeah. names, guys. Even I, even the players in the league can't remember them all. Yeah, and I, I legit think that's a, a non-factor, although Jamar Chase might not. Um, he he says that, that they're going to lock him down, and, and he kind of runs through the ways that, um, that the Bengals don't you know overwhelm him or anything. So PJ tweets that out, and and Justin you know, Reed then followed. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. You want yeah. the direct quote? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a very talented receiver too. More of a finesse guy. Not the best blocker. I'm going to lock him down straight up. And he tweets, "I meant Hayden Tbh. I meant Hayden Hurst for the man matchups. Nonetheless, any and everybody still getting locked up." Jamar Chase responds with, let's put some money on it big time. I emojis. Seems like a violation of the NFL's personal conduct policy to bet on a game. The NFL should suspend Jamar Chase for at least one game, starting now. Starting today. Justin Reed responds, y'all welcome for the extra motivation. I'm a see you Sunday champ. Jamar Chase responds with, champ, see you Sunday champ. And then Jamar Chase responds with, tuna in a can. And then a cat emoji, which I thought, was a really nice touch. Which I can't, which we cannot, just move on, Josh. I can't even, yep. I can't, yep. I mean, my, oh. <laughs> oh, Lord. So Tyler Boyd also responds with a laughing emoji and a skunk emoji. And there's one other thing from Justin Reed that I want to just mention here, because everybody who listens to this show is going to know what, what I'm worried about. There was also a tweet like the day before that, where somebody didn't tag Justin Reed, but just somebody on Twitter, just a dude, no offense to the dude, but you know, tweeted, does Justin Reed exist in this defense? And then Justin Reed quote tweets his own stats and coverage against the Rams and says, guessing you wanted to see something other than this yesterday. And now I'm concerned that just (laughs) the hard hitting versatile safeties for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm worried that there's a type. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit worried about Justin Reed metamorphosizing into a a particular honey badger. <laughs> Look, um, I, I'll tell you what you know what I'm not going to do this this week, regardless of what happens in the game. I'm not tweeting about Justin Reed. I like Justin Reed. I his he's, I like I, the Justin Reed songs. <laughs> I, I I like I like him. I'm glad he's on the Chiefs. Here's the actual thing. It's not hey, please don't get too wild on Twitter. It's actually, dude. I have not seen this from Justin Reed at any other point in his time in Kansas City. This is like a different gear, and he didn't play for the Chiefs when they lost to the Bengals twice last year. He he said also in one of the locker room things, I'm sure you were there for that, so I can stop explaining it to you, Nate, but um, he said that coming into the year, it was the the Titans, Bills, and then most of all, the, the Bengals 
that the team was talking about when the schedule came out. Yes, yeah. I, um, I think it's fascinating that it reflects on how the locker room is, has been looking forward to this game. But just Jamar, uh, Justin Reed getting kind of spicy in, in the locker room and on Twitter with uh, ahead of the Bengals <laughs> game, regardless of who it is, I'm going to lock him down. See a Sunday champ? Look, it's, look, man. There's a, a spicy energy this week, man. Look, it's my favorite meme, okay? It's my favorite all-time meme. It's Birdman rubbing his hands together. Yes. And that's what the Chiefs locker room is all this week. Just, mm-hmm. We, we got something for you. Okay. I'm going to try to parse this out as best I can. The first part is, Justin Reed is playing better than you think he is, ladies and gentlemen. He is playing excellent football. Yeah. The, the one thing that I don't think he was sort of advertised as this but look, he was he was you know he was brought in to replace Tyron Matthew. The one difference is Tyron Matthew at his peak was a true like star in the sense of like he he took the ball away. He was mm-hmm. always near the ball, and in the 2019 to 2020 stretch, he a turnover machine. Like he 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 gets takeaways. That's the one thing Justin Reed has not really done. Or has really been asked to do, honestly. Outside of that, Justin Reed's been way better than people think. Second part. And to what you're saying, Josh, about them circling certain teams on the calendar. Justin Reed understands. And I'm going to write this. He understands that, like, they brought me in for this type of game. Mm. Because... Obviously, Tyron Matthew didn't play in the 13-second game because he unfortunately had a concussion on the first drive. Um, And then I think some Chiefs fans tend to forget, and I'm here to remind you all, try to play a football game at the height of the height of the league a week after having a concussion because that's what Tyron Matthew basically tried to do against the Bengals, and he wasn't effective. Like, he just just wasn't. so if you're Justin Reed, you want to make sure that like you have an actual say on this game of some kind. And then thirdly, he made sure he had a say on this game <laughs> before the game even gets off. Um, so much of this, we, like there have been like three times this year we've talked about like, oh, the Chiefs are going to get some bulletin board material out of this. They never give it to anybody else. They never Justin Reed, do just, like, this. Whatever, whoever eighty-eight, whatever that name is above the big eight-eight, just you can you can turn them on their sides and chop them and have to be a bunch of zeros. Just gonna cut, cut those eights down to a bunch of goose eggs. What? Just what? Justin, are you are you okay? Are you sure? Now, Justin Reed is one of the best guys to um, really talk to in the locker room because he's yeah, he's super, great. He's, he's great to listen to. Supremely smart, intelligent, breaks it down for you. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like Mitchell Schwartz in his prime hmm. about being like, hey, like you might think it's this, but it's actually that. You know, I had a lot yeah. of fun. I had a lot of fun talking to him about Nick Bolton because I thought he just translated it a lot easier for me, um, mm. which is really cool because it's like he doesn't play that position, but he understands like the mindset needed to obviously be a middle linebacker and obviously the communication they have on the field. So he is a supremely talented player and um, talker of football. Mm-hmm. Did he like? I'm not saying he Larry Bird. But he better be Larry Bird in that amazing three-point shooting contest. Yeah. Because the ball's in the air, and he's got his finger up. And I guess we'll see if the ball goes in. 
Like it's just fascinating. It, I, I I don't know. Like I, um, Spags uh seemed vehemently frustrated that this oh <laughs> this has God. occurred, and. Yeah, Andy is always of like, we accept the challenge. We're ready for the challenge. They're a good football team. He's a good player. Like, they don't they don't tell you how they really feel. <laughs> or he's made it clear to the team, don't tell them how you really feel. Which like, hey, while we're whispering, if I could just, I'm going to make this really clear. I want Justin Reed to talk like that exactly oh, as often as he feels uh, like it. Yeah, everybody. I would. I would love for Patrick. If Patrick, uh, listen, Nate, I'm not in the room for pressers anymore because my radio schedule is different. So I don't mean to swipe you or any of our lovely friends in the press. But if I could just swap out Patrick Mahomes' press conference with Patrick Mahomes talking to Travis and Jason Kelsey in a podcast form, I would do that because it would. It would probably. Hey, you want, you want me to get the questions to Travis and see if he can... That would be great. That's perfect. That's perfect. Because I would like your questions, but I want Mahomes I want Mahomes to be as comfortable in that yeah. setting as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when, when guys talk like this, and, I, and Jamar Chase, is, you know, he was asked in the locker room today about, about all that, and he said that he doesn't think Justin Reed's watched any film at all, um, and that he needs to figure out, he needs to go back to the tape. Um, I... It, I, I love it when sports have that in it. Mm-hmm. And I love it when players are just honest with how they feel about what's happening or what did just happen, what's about to happen. I think it's all great. I think the bulletin board material stuff is usually vastly overrated. Because if everybody just put up a bulletin board and said, hey, put all your bleep up here and everybody <laughs> talk trash all week, then it, maybe it all washes out just about even by the end of the week. Yes. I think that so makes more right. fun rivalries. You're and, so and like, right. Hey, right? Like, hey, everybody, just say they suck and you're awesome and we're all even. <laughs> But be There's specific. This, be I need yes. specificity. Names. Yes. yes, I need yes. names or at least numbers. <laughs> I'll accept. I'll accept numbers. I love it, but it's just never how this team operates, and it's it's kind of it's fun, but it's very strange. It, it's like it's like you ask for you ask for a cookie before dinner every single night for like three years. And your mom's like, no, 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 dinner's coming soon. No, no, no cookies before dinner. Maybe after, but not right now. And then all of a sudden, you, you you walked into the kitchen one day, and there were just cookies all over the table, and a little sign that said "Eat up." That's been this week, and so you walk down, then you're looking around like you're like you're about to get pranked, like Ashton Kutcher's behind a curtain. That's kind of how I feel about how this yes, week has gone. Yes, I mean, look, guys, we're thirty minutes into the show, and like hadn't talked a single matchup yet, because. And not because we're talking we? nonsense. We're talking about Chiefs news. Why would we? <laughs> so weird. Like, Just, we got, I mean, we're, we're going to get to it. And I I think Seth, who, by the way, I hope he's getting all the daiquiris in Florida. I mean, I know who my friend is. But, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope, he's, I hope he's really soaking in the sun with Jazz and the kids. <laughs> but, like, I know it's kind of eating him up inside that, like, he can't talk about this matchup because it could be very – it's so – it's such a football schematic, like, thing, like, game to talk about. Like, they had a really – I watched it live because I was writing my story yesterday and I was like, ooh, uh, Dan Orlowski and, and Marcus Spears are, like, getting into the X's and O's, baby. Let's yeah. go uh, about the Bengals defense, which we can talk to as well. But yeah. it's just, like – I mean, come on, guys. I mean, he said he was going to lock him up. What does lock up mean, Josh? What are What is the statistical wow. equivalence of locked up? 
Because in basketball, it'd be like three for 12, right? Yeah, Uh, right. You know, or like, hey, when this guy was the nearest defender, dot, 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 you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't scope. (laughs) But like, what is, what is the football equivalent of locked up when it's a safety tight end matchup? You know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go find the over-unders for Hayden Hurst and find out what it is. But if he hits the over, it's, then then it is over. Like that. Right. Okay. That, that's a. Fair, I guess that's a fair way of saying it, y'all. And he cannot is, score. He cannot score. That, not with him. Not again. Not with Justin Reed as the nearest defender. Oh, now we're not talking about Deion Sanders and Jerry Rice. We're talking about tight ends and safety. <laughs> <laughs> not middle it's, linebacker, running back. No. No. <laughs> It's so good. Um, and and then you got the then you got the receivers like defending the tight end. It is just it's gold. It's so much gold. Um, but yeah, man, I just I just picture Justin Reed. He's got his finger up, and the ball's already out of his hands. And we we go see what what are, what are the over unders, sir? What are the over unders? Oh, I just looked here, and all I got are Chiefs ones, so that's not doing it for me. Ugh. Um, I'm gonna, it, I'm gonna even keep... Vegas is shook. I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Keep... Why is it? Why am I only getting Chiefs props here? I'm gonna keep digging. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on it. Uh, why don't we actually talk about the the game itself and and just you pick whatever you're most excited about? Um, but but look at what this matchup's gonna bring because I I certainly hope this one lives up to the hype. I, I think it I think it will. Um you know, I I get the sense that not only does this game matter for both teams, but um I think this game is more about the Chiefs defense. And I know that could seem weird. Yeah. Because um they didn't score a touchdown after halftime. And we all know what happened the play before halftime in the FC Championship game. Um but Josh, the more I've thought about this game, I think I think it's more, I think it's more about the defense um, for me, or like from a preference standpoint. Like, what will this game say more about? Like, the Chiefs' offense leads the league in points per game. Um, yeah. Either they make that mark, or they go above it, or or maybe slightly under it. Um, I get the sense that like the Bengals' defense is pretty similar to what it was last year. Um, you want to know what went through my mind? And this is before I get to the Chiefs defense. But what went through my mind is I was looking up at the cutups and the full game. What I mean by cutups is highlights, ladies and gentlemen. And the full condensed game version on because I watched a little bit of it on NFL Network on like Monday night or Tuesday night or whatever. And then I watched it like kind of in its entirety. Um Wednesday morning. How do we des- how did I describe the, the Tennessee Titans defense? Do you remember? Titan. I I remember describing the Titans. This might be slightly plagiarizing our colleague Robert Mays, I think, but the, the Titans are going to make you miserable. Oh, of course, yeah. And and um, that, that works on both sides of the ball. But I I don't remember if the, what the specific phrasing was. Basically, like they a bunch of red chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. No, yeah, we talked about the blue chips and the red chips. Sure, yeah, yeah they, absolutely. They they a whole that there is a whole squad of red chips. Yep, guys. Titans Bengals was red chips galore. <laughs> it was like, hey, which red chip defense can be or or can hold up, I guess, better than the other team's red chip defense? The Bengals are essentially the equivalent. Do the mm. Bengals have a star defender, Josh? 
Do they have a Jeffrey Simmons? No. No, all are, I don't. All, all of them are red chips. Like, all of them are red chips. So, you can go into the game just knowing that. What I mean by red chips are, is they're, they're above average players, but they're not stars. They don't make mistakes, so you have to beat them with, like, you know, blue chip players, which the Chiefs clearly have. Um, and that this is where schematically the advantages are probably um, sort of, they have more of an impact than if it is a team that is truly equal or, or units, I should say, that are truly equal between offense and defense. I would say the Chiefs have blue chip players to the Bengals red chip players. How those blue chip players do, i.e. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, well, well, you know, that could have a, that will have a say on the game itself or the outcome. Uh, but on the defense, we know the Chiefs defense is good. Now it's about trying to understand in this one game sample with the assumption that Jamar Chase is back and close to 100% healthy, okay, how good are they? Or how good have they gotten between playing the Bills and now playing the Bengals? I, I think that's what the game sort of serves. And the idea that like they changed the entire defense, or a large portion of it, I should say, based on the Bengals beating them twice with having better players on the field than the Chiefs had in the back end specifically, um, and the pass rush was no, not nearly as cohesive as it is now. It's so interesting. And also, I want to mention the, at least the names uh, of, of Jesse Bates and Trey Hendrickson before people say, are they not? And I, I think the, I think it depends on where you're. Blue, he's not a blue chip. Is, is Trey Hendrickson Vaughn Miller the answer? That's, no. What, what I was going to say is, is tell me how many blue chip guys you really think the Chiefs have on defense. And that, right. that basically will just inform what you think your blue chip cutoff is. Chris Jones Chris is. Jones. And that that you you that could be the end of the list if you wanted to expand I, I it really, and include some other guys. But I I really think it is the end of the list. Now, the then the question becomes how many red chippers are alongside Chris Jones on the blue chip line? Yeah. Um. And so, you know, a lot of this game is on Chris Jones. Like it, it mm. just is. <laughs> um. You know. Uh. I know there's a case to be made for. Legereus Need, who might be one of the best rookie, or excuse me, might be one of the best nickel cornerbacks in the league. So maybe you say he is, he's turning purple at best, mm -hmm. you know. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe Nick Bolton is going to be a blue chipper by the end of the season. But for right now, I still consider him in like that Pro Bowl category. If like he, he's, he's, he's a guy, but I don't think he's like the, you know, I don't know if he's one of the best at his position just yet, but he's obviously trending in that direction. Um, if you wanted to say all pro was your blue chip ish sort of cutoff, I yeah, think that'd be super reasonable. Right, right, exactly. And Jeffrey Simmons is like an all pro level player. It just so happens that like <clears throat> Cam Hayward and Chris Jones are also um, Pro Bowl players at their position within the same conference. Right. Uh, so I think as a, a vision of that, I think it's fascinating. Are you are you then shining the spotlight specifically? You said on the line around Chris Jones. Are you looking specifically in the trenches in in terms of like getting pressure on Joe Burrow? And if that's where you're focusing, are are you just are you comfortable with all of the the rookie defensive backs handling all the weapons that the Bengals have? Because 
I feel better about it than I did entering the AFC Championship game last year because I, I like this group of young guys. I love them big picture. I like yeah. them a lot in the in the immediate. But I also, uh, as both teams have more blue chip uh, offensive players and the other team has blue chip defenders, that much is certainly true. Yeah, so um, I think we've finally gotten to a point where you can truly evaluate the Chiefs defense holistically. And what I mean by that is, mm. um, oh, I just love it. It's a week behind, but we're finally here, guys. Like, just cherish it because it's the Broncos <laughs> next. But cherish it right now. We're in, like, real, real deal football. Um, but I think this is the first game where you can really evaluate how do the pass rush and the coverage and the back end work with one another? Um, is the pass rush getting home to help the back end? And if the pass rush isn't getting there and Joe Burrow is scrambling or moving within the pocket to create an extra second, how does the back end hold up so that the defensive line gets another chance on the next down to make its impact or have its say on a certain drive or a certain sequence? Um, you know, Bill Belichick went from pass rush to coverage to then a mix of it. And that's why he wanted the greatest to do it. Uh, their secondary last year wasn't good enough. So now they've changed it with younger, more athletic players who don't have the experience. But the defensive line has the experience, has the versatility, has the um, flexibility, I think, to, you know, present challenges to this very new and pretty competent Bengals offensive line. So I, I think I think the game really comes down to um, can Chris Jones get those sacks he missed in the AFC Championship game because he missed two pivotal ones, in one in each half. And, hey, if you're in the picture, which Traverius Ward was in the picture, are you going to do something about it or are you just going to be in the poster? I don't want to get to like prediction time because that that's, that's at the end. But how do you think that's going to go to, to just like the, <sighs> I'm the, the most yeah, I don't likely know. of outcomes where, where yeah. are the stress points going to be? You know, does, where do you have faith? Where do you have, where do you have concern? Where do you have doubt? Um, I have faith in Joshua Williams and Trent McDuffie. Uh, as I think I've said before here, Jalen Watson is dealing with like a hand injury. Mm -hmm. Spags mentioned that today too. I think yeah. he's the first coach to mention it. Yeah. So I don't know like how effective he could be, which is why I think Josh has played more snaps, mm -hmm. um, the last couple weeks. Look, I I'm going to give, I'm going to give the rookies the benefit of the doubt for right now. You know, um, they really haven't been tested since the bills game. Um, you know, you could say, well, maybe the Chargers, but like they didn't have Mike Williams <laughs> still. Yeah. Uh, he made one great catch and, he, and then he was done because of Sofi's field. And, you know, he was playing coming back from injury. So it might be a similar situation, Josh, where is Jamar Chase fully healthy? Coming back from Good a point. hip in you know, coming back from a hip injury is not it's this this, you know, it's not a knee, but it ain't an ankle. It's a hip. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of wedged in between the two. Um, so we'll see if he's fully healthy. Um, and if so, how much they can use him. Um, but look, having three legitimate guys with Tyler Boyd, 
with T Higgins, obviously hating Hurst in the middle. Um, some people have said, do you want to put LeJarius Sneed on Jamar Chase? And I guess that's the question I would ask of you, Josh, because that has really never been the case. Yeah. I, I just want to make this clear. Like, you know, Sneed means so much to the scheme that, like, they don't really put him in, like, full-blown, like, you are shadowing this human being moving forward. I don't I don't remember a game of such. I don't know if you do. But if they did that, that would be, like, a, that would be a real sign of, like, hey, you know, maybe LeJarius Sneed is ready to be a blue-chip guy. Because if you're a blue-chip guy, you would, you would shadow Jamar Chase to make sure that the game is simple for everybody else. But Spags, I don't know if he feels like he has that guy or he doesn't usually do it a ton. So here's my line of thinking. My first thought is, no, I don't want to move Legereus Sneed around because as you just laid out, he is such an important part of what this defense does. And for my money, he's one of the most important pieces on this defense for keeping quarterbacks guessing because right. he can do so many things so well all mm-hmm. over the field. I mean, right. it's incredible. So I, so I go, no, I, I don't. He, obviously, he could move with Chase and then still do some different stuff around that. But but the idea of like just just put a magnet on that big guy over there and 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 stick to him all game. I don't like that for for that reason. Here's here's number two. Number two is I really like Trent McDuffie. I feel good about him long term. I feel good about him right now. But I think we literally said when they drafted him, he looks like he's going to be an uh, an excellent NFL cornerback. But he does not have the size to just sort of stand in the way of Jamar Chase. Very few cornerbacks in the NFL do. Very few people in the world do. But Mm -hmm. in terms of like the size discrepancy, that's not a, I don't love that matchup. I'm not terrified of it, but I don't, I certainly don't love it. And then I go, okay, well, so then, well, then I guess Joshua Williams is covering Jamar Chase in my scheme. And, and I don't like how that feels either (laughs) because he has, I'll tell you what, he does have the size and the length and the lankiness and all of the things to, to be a, a good, like, physical matchup. But, but but Jamar Chase isn't just a big dude out there running. Like, Jamar Chase is a destroyer of worlds. And that's a really tough matchup for it, it, Watson or Williams, depending on how that ends up shaking out. But like you said, it seems like probably uh, Josh Williams. Oh, can I? And I don't oh. like how that feels either. So, what I would prefer is for the is for Jamar Chase to not play, and then the Chiefs will have an easier time. Can I? Uh, can I remind you the last time Jamar Chase was a destroyer of worlds? You don't need to, but it sounds like you want to. Yeah, uh, it's earlier this season, guys. Um, seven receptions on ten targets, hundred and thirty-two yards, two touchdowns, including a sixty-yarder. Five first downs. He did that on October 16th against the New Orleans Saints. <sighs> Tyron Matthew must hate this man. <laughs> <laughs> now, the following week, would he pretty much sustained his hip injury? So I'm giving the benefit to like when he played the Saints, he was fully healthy, y'all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as he was experiencing pain in his hip, eight receptions on 11 targets, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Young, the longest reception was 41 yards, five again first downs. 
So, uh, yeah. All right. I think we've come to the conclusion that the game comes down to Chris Jones and the pass rush. Because, yeah. hey, if the quarterback can't build rhythm, if he can't get the ball downfield because he's got somebody in his face and he gets a little battered and bruised along the way, the pass rush better get there. And you know Spax is going to throw the, the occasional blitz. And when I mean occasional, you delete that from the sentence. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're going to try some stuff, obviously. But, man, um, Chris Jones is their best player. He's the one blue chip on the, on, the, on the Chiefs defense. So, in a game where it has this type of magnitude for the regular season, and it'll serve both teams, I really think, for the postseason, because they could obviously meet there once again. And I do think the Bengals, and I've said this publicly, I think the Bengals are the better team in the division. The schedule may say otherwise, like the Ravens may sneak in as the division winner, but the Bengals are a better team um, because they're playing the harder schedule because they were the divisional champions last year. Guess what, folks? The the Ravens don't have to play the Chiefs. Um, But yeah, I I just think the game comes down to like Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Colin Saunders, Mike Dana, and Carlos Dunlap, who um, I guess you could describe it as a revenge game, <laughs> but this will be his first time, I believe, back in Cincinnati since since being traded yep. to Seattle. Yep. I think he mentioned that, I think, post-game after he hit 100 or something. I don't know. I don't remember. Where, maybe somebody got him in the locker room. I can't remember, but um, he, he mentioned that or somebody mentioned that. So, Or no, somebody else was talking about Dunlap, I think is what it was, because I wondered if we if we get a chance to hear from him on Friday would be, uh, I don't know, I'll, I'll leave that up to you guys, but would certainly be interesting. Um, by the way, also, still no lines for this week for a bunch of the Bengals pass catchers, but it seems like the Hayden Hurst props usually are around 35 to 40 yards. Um, so if it start, I think if it starts with a three, it's going to be up in the air uh, if he is uh, clamped or not. If it starts with a four, five, six, seven. Uh, eight, nine, or a one with three digits in it. Oof. Then, then that would certainly that would certainly not be ideal. Um, I I'm so glad that we we started talking about the Chiefs defense, and uh, I think you already mentioned on air, told me before the show that you'll be writing about that up in the Athletic very soon. So that should be up tomorrow morning to read along with. Also, if you're looking for a gift idea for any uh, sports fans in your life, deals continue at theAthletic.com. If you'd like to sign up there, you should go check that out and uh, give give a gift of the Athletic. If you can't give an athletic gift. Give the athletic as a gift this year. If you're not, you know, physically gifted enough to do push-ups for someone's Christmas, <laughs> they'd rather have the they'd rather have the subscription. I, I promise. Yeah. Uh, so the Chiefs' defense, fascinating. The Chris Jones, Jamar Chase battle of the blue chips on that side of the ball, fascinating. Um, but but we haven't really talked about the Chiefs' offense yet. Um, I don't know how much you want to talk about Sky Moore in general. Uh, oh, yes. Tony did not practice. But Juju, who I think missed for an illness on, on Tuesday, he did go today. So um, McCole Hardman still on IR. Kadarius Tony does not seem likely to go. So it should be another opportunity for Sky Moore to get more work, mm-hmm. for Juju and MVS to be the main options here. Um, the, the Bengals defense, for what you laid out earlier, I don't have a whole lot of real strong opinions on. I, I certainly don't think they should be able to derail the Chiefs from doing what they want to do offensively. But I'm sure I've said a very similar sentence of that before and been wrong. <laughs> so what about this time through? Um, on offense, you know, and I, I tend to agree with Dan Orlovsky. His big point was they 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 don't want to they don't want to let you 
throw the ball deep, right? It's partly why they dropped eight back. They they're they're doing it this season again. So how much can Isaiah Pacheco influence the Bengals defense? Yep. And it sounds really weird because it's a seventh nice. round rookie running back. Um, but this is a notice on the offensive line too. And I think some people tend to forget that like in the first meeting, Orlando Brown didn't play, you know, Joe Tooney had to slide to left tackle. Um, but how well does the chiefs run the ball to truly stay balanced and truly stay unpredictable, I guess, for the chiefs offense. Um, and then today, uh, once again, Sky Moore, you know, showed professionalism that we can all appreciate. Um, we talked to Dave Tobe today. Uh, Dave Tobe said that uh, it's going to be Justin Watson's job on Sunday to be the primary punt returner. After and Sky also said that when, when Tony's back, it's safe to say that he'll be the, the, op- the first option. Correct. Um, which I think Tony could be back maybe next week. Um, you know, that's what has sort of been permeating, um, you know, throughout the week. And also, like, if he's not fully healthy now, who knows? In a rematch, he may be the one to two different elements is Kadarius Tony again, if he stays healthy. Um, but we got Sky Moore for a few minutes in the locker room today after Dave Tobe um, made the announcement that he was not going to be the punt returner, that he basically is a full-time receiver. Um, he'll still catch punts during practice. Um, but I'm going to read you a quote, Josh, so that our listeners can understand, and then they can come to their own conclusions. Uh, Sky Moore today said that catching punts on a jug machine is very different for him compared to a live punt from an opposing NFL punter. And then it was my job to ask, why is it so different? Considering he had really never been a punt returner in college. Mm-hmm. Josh, are you ready for me to read the quote? Yeah, I can't wait. Okay. <clears throat> I just want to prepare everybody for this. I'm, I have, okay. It goes up higher and it comes down faster. And the spin of it, you don't really know how it's going to be. End quote. You want me to read that one more time for you, Josh, before yeah, you give your opinion? Yeah. yeah. So he catches punts every day off of Tommy Townsend and the jugs machine. But he acknowledged that it's different from the Judge machine to in a game with a live human being punting for the other team. Quote, it goes up higher and it comes down faster. And the spin of it, you don't really know how it's going to be. End of quote. Josh, you have the floor. I honestly think there are probably like three different directions on this. I just had my head in my hands as you were reading it, especially the second time that started rubbing my temples as a soothe myself. I think the predominant emotion for me hearing that is, is kind of once again, one of frustration because if that's a conversation that he and Dave Tobe have ever had, I would really expect, Dave Tobe to either go, oh, bleep, okay, well, no more no more figuring it out in games. We'll put somebody else back there who, who has just simply done it before. 
or use a practice squad spot on a on the NFL's 35th best punter if you want. If you're really determined to have Sky Moore returning these kicks. I don't like if in the other so there's another element that it just hit me. Tobe said today that Sky Moore would keep fielding punts in practice. Yeah. To try to get better at it. Yeah. But Sky told you that the practice punts aren't helping. Mm-hmm. Tobe said today that that um, Devin Hester wasn't a great punt fielder. I, it really seems like Tobe believes in Sky Moore. And I don't think Dave Tobe is an idiot who needs to be fired. And I certainly don't think he's being disingenuous about his belief in Sky Moore's potential as a kick returner. I just don't care anymore. How, like, we just don't need to be doing this. And then if the only way he's going to get better is catching live game punts, it has to be over. How many of your takeaways did I cover there? Because I, re- I legit feel like I covered a couple of many. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. Um, I just, you know, it's a little different. And I hope people understand this. When someone says something to you and then for you to transcribe it, write it down, see it sure. in black and yes. white, and then be retold it, you know, through audio. <sighs> this is about coaching. And... Yeah. um. He hasn't gotten gotten meaningful reps to help the actual problem. This is about coaching, and I can't defend Dave Tope. I just, I can't. It's impossible. Like, if he can't read the spin of the punt, my question then is, why is he out there? And that goes to coaching, ladies and gentlemen. It just, it does. So... This is the first time since I've covered the team, which is going on six years now, where I don't see what Dave Tobe is doing. And that's yeah. that's the first time I can really think of that. You know, um, special teams is both an easy job and a weird job. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get exploited, it becomes a super duper hard job. Um so, I just, if he can't get the spin of it, it's just, yeah, it's 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 bad. Now, he also acknowledged, and this is Dave Tobe, he also acknowledged that they got got yet again on uh, the fake pop, and he blamed himself, which I also tend to agree with, because it's your job to tell the rookie, be ready for the fake which he acknowledged today, he didn't remind the rookie to be ready for the fake. So, um, when I asked Sunday during the game, do people really want Dave Toe fired? And obviously the overwhelming majority said yes. And I know Twitter is a segment of Chiefs fans. But we'll see how the rest of the season goes, but there's... This isn't good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's why I wanted to read the quote. Um, and I appreciate. And I think and I hope everybody understands this. Like, you know, for fans, listeners, obviously for us, we want honesty. We're not asking the questions yes. to Absolutely. not get to the honest truth. Dave Toe has been honest yes. with his own assessment, which has been poor compared to previous years which is why they trusted you with all these rookies. And I appreciate Sky Moore for being honest and saying, this is why I'm struggling. 
so that we have a true understanding as to why he's struggling. With all this understanding now, it just leads me to this is poor coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I. The only thing I'll even bother to restate from that is that this this is the the the, the through line from Patrick Mahomes about Matt Nagy to Justin Reed about uh, Tyler Higby. I mean, that other guy to Jamar Chase's response to Sky Moore and Dave Tobe there. A common theme on today's show is we have gotten some honest statements and stories and perspectives from a lot of these guys this week. Yes. And that's, that is the best we could possibly ask for. I think in sports media is, is an honest and like, and also an intellectually honest sort of conversation about things. If we can clear that bar, media would get better. Understanding of sports would get better. Fans would have more to grab onto. That's all great. And so the last thing I want to do is come off like we are um, getting a little bit of honesty and then saying, shut up, don't say all that. <laughs> because because that will happen. Te- players and teams will continue to try to protect all their state secrets. And I bet Patrick Mahomes won't be making another uh, New Heights appearance terribly soon. Be my guess. Hey, you never know. He has, but a, I'm bro- really he has glad- a bromance with Travis Kelsey. He has a bromance. I'm really glad that we're getting all that. And... I think that Sky Moore snippet is a good example for where honesty publicly like that just helps us all understand a little bit. And I think your thesis there is reasonable. I don't think firing Dave Tobe today would help one bleeping thing. In fact, I think it would be a disaster for the Bengals game probably. I don't know. It's just one thing that Sky Moore is not able to do while he's very good at a lot of other things. And we got a decent idea why now. Because yep. he just told you the truth about the difference between game punts and practice punts. And now we can all look together with a little more information and say, Coach Toe, what are you what are you doing here, Dave? But we've been doing that anyway with less than enough information. Now we've got a little more, and that's that's a very good thing. It's just, man, what a weird four-day stretch it's, and therefore weird hour of this show. It's it's pretty <laughs> it's uh there are ups and downs in the season. We are on uptick. Yeah. Yes, we are. That's true. Hey, listen, you said uh, around Thanksgiving, right, is when the football really starts mattering. Well, we're going to get our first game in December coming up on Sunday, and everyone has brought proper December energy for that. Yeah. Which is, which is fantastic. So I hope we also brought December energy for you here on this edition of Time's Ours. Uh, again, no, uh, no Seth right now. He's the Florida man for these next couple of weeks. But we'll, I, I, think we'll get, I think we'll hear from him every once in a while. Um, we'll see exactly how much. Um, Nate, I'll give you my my side of this first. I I'm I'm gonna go ahead and buy in on the hype on the Chiefs here. I I think if they lose this game, it is going to be. I mean, you're, you imagine we'll be in Cincinnati if the mm-hmm. Chiefs lose. The, regardless, that locker room is going to be fascinating. I will be incredibly excited to talk to you on Monday and to read your story um, Sunday night, Monday morning, whatever. I I can't wait to find out what comes from that because I bet regardless, it's gonna feel kind of like they either win or lose a playoff game a little bit. I. Not a season ender, of course, mm-hmm. but there's been a lot of energy into this. And so I, I, I like the Chiefs to, to take that and and be able to translate it, not because they care more, they're more turned up for it, but I, I just think this team's in a pretty good place right now. I wish Kadarius Tony and or McCole Hardman were healthy. And I'm nervous about the Jamar Chase matchup, but I think that that's the kind of feeling you take into a, a game between two really good teams. And to the Bengals' credit, they, they have been able to bring their level back up over the course of this season 
uh, after a rough start. I, I did not think they were going to be able to make that happen. Um, but I'll take Chris Jones to to make a mess and the Chiefs to score enough points and uh, something like that 30 to 27 type of game. Ooh. I think would be a blast. Wow. Right, that, that might be what I'm rooting for. Uh-huh. I, I would I would like for this game to be high scoring. If it's 17 to 14, I'll be on the edge of my seat, obviously. Right. Yeah, I think it I think it is a race to 30. Um earlier this week, and I you're so close to me, Josh. Oh, earlier man. this week I suggested or predicted, I guess. Um, and this is with the assumption that, that Chase was gonna play. Um I predicted th- Chiefs 30, Bengals 26. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, Vegas, the betting line right now says the Chiefs are a two-point favorite. So, um, it's meant to be a close game. It has been built as a close game. So we shall see if it if it um if it reaches that point. But the uh the the Chiefs have shown that um in in big moments so far this year that that they have been pretty good um in these type of games the one loss of course being to the uh very healthy buffalo bills at the time so um i think the chiefs will win um which will actually get us to like full rivalry mode um i i i really think it's a rivalry now based on all the things we've heard this week yep but you need you need you need both teams to be um both teams need to have a say in in the rivalry and the Chiefs don't have yes. a say yet which is the first real time since you know um the Chiefs went up to New England in the 2019 season without having uh, a win against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in that sort of iteration of the team with obviously Mahomes at the time um so if the Chiefs win on Sunday it's a real rivalry the the Bengals are right next to the to the Bills in terms of uh, looking ahead towards the playoffs, but if the Bengals win, then you know uh, it makes for an even more sort of dramatic um, end of the regular season because then the one seed really is up for grabs. I'll say this: if if you made me like power rank my AFC teams going into the playoffs, I think the the Bengals might be like fourth, maybe I don't know something kind of around there. Wouldn't not two, but certainly in the picture. But they're the only team in football right now who who can say scoreboard to the Chiefs. Yep. The Chiefs have that over 31 other teams, including ones they haven't played in the NFC in a long time, because they're them. But the Bengals got them the, the last couple of times, and one of those was a uh, a noteworthy matchup there in January. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter for more coverage of the game as we go. Of course, Nate's going to have a story uh, of something up tomorrow on the defense, post-game, of course. Uh, he'll be in Cincinnati at by Nate Taylor on Twitter. I'm at JB Briscoe. And again, on theathletic.com, you can get gift options uh, for uh, give it, giving the gift of a subscription to The Athletic. And what's the value of knowledge? I mean, how can you even put a price tag on it? Well, you can, and it's 50% off if you want to gift Woo! Uh, at theathletic.com slash times are. It'll take you to your, your, your options up there. So, Nate, uh, get us out of here, man, because uh, I got some trash talk to tweet. Oh, okay. Um, this is a very easy one. You guys have been great to us all year, so I'm going to say thank you on behalf of Josh, Seth, and myself. Um, If you want to do this, by all means, have fun. Do your thing. Um, It's still shocking to me, Josh. I'm sure you you feel the same way to a sense that, like, to know how many people listen is just just really cool. 
Um, but to now see the orange screens, the orange screenshots show up on my phone via Spotify. Yes. It's been cool. So yes. Jack Small, thank you. Um, Josh Hope, thank you. Uh, Gordon, oh, excuse me, Graham Oldfather? Not, yes. not sure, not sure, but all right, cool, man. Do your thing. Um, Nathan, who's got <laughs> Andy Reid from Sunday, uh, the Andy Reid drip, I think, as the Chiefs tweeted. And I was just like, guys, let's, <laughs> let's. <laughs> Everybody's favorite grandpa dripped out. Um, thank, thank you, Nathan. Uh, and then Mandy, um, you know, it, it's really cool that we are one of your uh, top pop podcast it's 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 incredibly awesome um you know i i appreciate mandy's screenshot because she's got some stuff that i need to like check out the buffering the vampire slayer i mean okay like let's do this um but no it's 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 a real treat we we appreciate it i know it's getting to the end of the year um obviously we just went through thanksgiving so we're we're supremely thankful um if you made it this far as i've always said we couldn't thank you enough so so hey, to know that like Jack listens to us more than pardon my take, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, in that boy's face. Um, which now I'm trash talking about other podcasts. See, I told you there's a trash talk energy this week. It's very strange. And look, if anybody has the New Heights podcast above times ours next year, just keep please let us know. <laughs> I don't want to know about it. Oh man. Hey, hey, Colin Cowherd. Josh, hope you're listening to us more than you, dog. 